Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Happy Tuesday, San Diego. This is the Andrea K Show. Please do not adjust your sets. I am Jennifer Kearns in for the one, the only Andrea K. Thank you so much for being along with us. Andrea will be back with you tomorrow. Uh, in the meantime, some things are brewing on both the local front and the national front. Uh, we will be talking this hour about the California recall and where it stands uh, less than eight weeks away. Um, I, having been a political strategist in, in my day, uh, who have lived and died at the ballot box, I'm always interested in sort of moving past the hyperbole and looking at the numbers and figuring out if this guy, Gavin Newsom, has a shot of surviving. We'll be talking with my buddy, uh, Tim Rosales. He's a political strategist in the state of California. He has run campaigns against Gavin Newsom, as have I. And uh, we'll be talking a little bit about some of the strengths and weaknesses and whether Gavin Newsom really has a shot at this or not. Will he survive? That remains to be seen. Um, we'll also be talking with one of the candidates in the race, Assemblymember Kevin Kiley. Uh, he is a, a very strong Republican Assembly member. The question I have for him is, is he stronger remaining in the state assembly and being a, uh, a, a real fighter there rather than uh, going to the governor's office. And does he have a shot at winning? I want to ask what uh, sort of internal polling numbers uh, he has seen on his campaign. We'll be talking with him later in the hour as well. So stick around for that. Well, the recall race is getting pretty interesting. Larry Elder, the uh, talk radio legend, uh, just a little bit north of San Diego in Los Angeles, has now had to file a lawsuit against the Democrat uh, Secretary of State and the state of California because Larry Elder says that he fulfilled all of the requirements to get onto the ballot. Uh, apparently, Larry Elder, all he had to do was submit his um, all of his tax returns, which he did. I understand it was dozens and dozens of pages. He did that. And lo and behold, on Friday, when the names were posted, the 41 people who will now take on Gavin Newsom at the ballot box on September 14th, Larry Elder's name was conspicuously absent. Hmm. Why do you think that is, folks? I think it's because Larry Elder is probably uh, one of the top two people who could actually beat Gavin Newsom. And, folks, we have seen nothing but shenanigans here regarding this California recall, including then moving the date earlier to satisfy Gavin Newsom and his cronies. Uh, that's right, the, the recall election, if you remember a few months back, uh, elections officials said, well, we might have a recall later in October, but that's probably the earliest we could do it. In fact, we might have to have the recall sometime next year. And we might even just uh, barrel it into the uh, other 2022 elections on the radar because it would be too expensive, you see, too expensive. Isn't it funny how Democrats suddenly become fiscal conservatives when they get recalled and it's time uh, to put an election on the ballot? They, they suddenly become astutely aware of all the money that's being spent in Sacramento. 
So that was the uh, early part of the shenanigans. Well, then, uh, lo and behold, as the state of California began to open back up, and you guys know this, um, as the state of California began to open back up, the mask mandates began to drop. They talked about kids going back to school in the fall, started opening the great restaurants of California again. Well, guess what happened? People sort of forgot that Gavin Newsom had put them through all this trauma for the last 16 months. And lo and behold, Gavin Newsom began to come up in the polls. Uh, His um, chances of surviving the recall now are around 59%, according to the latest polls. Uh, We'll talk with that uh, with uh, Tim Rosales next about that. Historically, uh, you can count on, especially in the state of California, the polling of conservatives is underrepresented by about 10 to 12 percent. So I think it's about even. Uh, I think it's a 50 50 split for the recall support and for the popularity of Gavin Newsom. Uh, But this Delta variant thing and the mask mandates in Los Angeles now, I think, uh, complicates the story for Gavin uh, so I think uh, it, it's it's not a, a clean sweep for Gavin just yet on that September 14th date. So uh, so we'll be uh, following this with great interest, and we'll be talking about that in this hour. Well, nationally and internationally, there's also uh, crises breaking out, of course, because we have Jimmy Carter 2.0 as our president. Uh, in Cuba, the uh, rallies are still going. Uh, for their emancipation and for their quest for freedom. And isn't it interesting that Barack Obama didn't solve this crisis? Remember a few years back when Barack Obama traveled to Cuba and declared it open to the world? He had solved the problems. He lifted the sanctions against Cuba. And he said, we're going to normalize trade relations and everything's going to be great. And Barack Obama is so cool. And remember when Jay-Z and Beyonce went down to Cuba and talked about the need for Cuba to be open and everything was fine down there. Remember, by the way, the Kardashians going to Cuba as one of their episodes, one of their promotional tours. Well, by the way, Jay-Z and Beyonce and probably the Kardashians all took promotional money from the communist state of Cuba for those appearances. By the way, that's how it works. I work in media. That is how this kind of thing works. So all of these people, sorry to say it, have blood on their hands because they aided and abetted this regime staying in power over the years. And they pretended as if everything was normalized again. And the big failure of Barack Obama was that when he normalized trade relations and and opened the trade back up with the U.S. and other countries, with Cuba, he, he did so without requiring any improvements in human rights and any improvement in democracy. And, and he required no change in the communist regime in exchange for that deal. And so that's the kind of thing we're dealing with again with the Biden administration, because don't forget, Joe Biden was the vice president in the administration that did that. So Joe Biden has uh, some blood on his hands there. Uh, We're hearing today that 5,000 people, uh, 5,000 activists uh, were kidnapped reportedly and have not been seen again uh, since the beginning of these uh, Cuban protests. That is quite shocking. That is news from 
um, the Global Empowerment Mission, Michael Capone, a friend of mine. Um, he works a lot with Bethany Frankel's Be Strong Organization for Human Rights down there. Uh, this is just a real tragedy. And, and again, it, it reminds me so much of the Jimmy Carter era where we, we were just bumbling and fumbling our way through foreign relations. And, and we really had no foreign relations. So uh, that is what you get when you elect radical Democrats. Uh, let's not forget another uh, radical Democrat who is also in power today, and that's New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio, who was also in love with Cuba. In fact, so much so that he and his wife, another radical, honeymooned in Cuba many moons ago when, by the way, it was illegal as an American to actually travel to Cuba. So this is what we're dealing with, folks, all across the country dealing with enablers of communism and big fans of socialism. And uh, it's pretty scary because if you're living in Cuba today and you're one of the 5,000 people that has disappeared off the streets uh, in these protests, that is, that is real life. This is not just campaign slogans and, and fun honeymoons uh, for the de Blasios. This is real life. And so we're uh, certainly praying for all of those, those people down there. And uh, we have no shortage of crises back here. Uh, Joe Biden dealing with a crime spike on his watch. And I'm going to share some interesting numbers that you may not have heard. And these have everything to do with the 2022 midterms. And this bodes quite well for Republicans. Uh, Joe Biden uh, in the last week has had a couple of key meetings on the crime crisis in America, spikes in crimes from uh, Los Angeles to Chicago, to New York City, down to Atlanta and, and beyond, really dealing with uh, a, a major crisis on his hands. And so he's had to take on the issue of guns that are being used in these crimes, these illegal guns. And he's also meeting with officials running for public office, like Eric Adams, who is running for mayor in New York City. Adams, of course, is a former uh, NYPD cop. And here's what's interesting. The reason that Joe Biden is having to have these meetings is because the polling is starting to show that Biden and the Democratic Party were actually wrong on the defund the police issue. And, and they were wrong big time. So about 72 percent of Democrat voters in New York City. Now, let me repeat that. 72 percent of Democrat voters in New York City are actually uh, they, they want their police back now and they want the police refunded and they want the police back in their communities. And that's just not white folk people. The urban and inner city parents in the Bronx and Harlem and these other inner cities, uh, according to not a conservative poll, but a liberal poll, Harvard poll, Harris poll, YouGov poll, about 65 percent of inner city uh, voters actually want the police more in their community, even more than they were a year ago. And the reason why, folks, these moms and dads who live in the inner city who go to work during the day and their teenage kids are home by themselves after school and getting shot at, they want their kids protected. And that goes against the narrative that you hear every day on the mainstream news from CNN and MSNBC that the, the number one thing uh, minority parents are concerned about 
is their kid being pulled over by a policeman and shot. That is not what inner city parents are concerned about. They are concerned about their kids being shot by other kids. It's in the poll. It's in the Harvard poll. It's in the Harris poll. It's in the YouGov poll. 65% of them want more police back in their community, not less. And we ought to give those hardworking parents in East Los Angeles and the, the downtown of Chicago and the barrio in San Diego and New York City, Harlem, the Bronx, we ought to give those hardworking parents what they deserve. And, and that's my message for today. Well, coming up, as I mentioned, we're going to dive in to the uh, numbers of the California recall. And uh, we, we don't want to get people's hopes up. Uh, so I want to take a real look at the California recall. Does Gavin Newsom stand a chance of surviving? Or uh, is he going to be leaving the office the next day on September 15th? Boy, wouldn't that be a visual? Uh, we'll be right back. I'm Jen Kearns here on The Andrea K Show. Be sure to follow Andrea Kay on Twitter at Andrea Kay Show. And follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea Kay. Spelled K-A-Y-E. A-K, Dynamite and Address, or just Andrea Kay. Whatever you call her, don't call her fake news. It's the Andrea Kay Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to the Andrea Kay Show. I am Jennifer Kearns filling in for Andrea Kay, but I too am dynamite in a dress. I too am blonde and five foot two, uh, but I prefer not to share my weight if that's okay with the folks in the room. I'm uh, just kidding. All right. We've been talking about the California recall today and whether Gavin Newsom stands a chance or not. Uh, if you read the mainstream headlines and all the uh, left-wing newspapers in the state of California, uh, it looks like he's going to survive. But here to really talk about it and break down the numbers is somebody that I trust to rifle through all of this information. My buddy, and by the way, he's a former longtime San Diegan political consultant, Tim Rosales. Tim, welcome to the Andrea K Show. Jennifer, how are you? Hey, doing well. So you're a guy, uh, I just told the audience that uh, you have actually run campaigns against Gavin Newsom in your career, yeah. as have I. Uh, we know this guy fairly well. And let's be honest, this guy, Gavin Newsom, comes out smelling like a rose more times than not. What do you think today on July 20th, the prospect is of really recalling Gavin Newsom on September 14th? Well, I'll always say this, and this is a former athlete, is you never underestimate your opponent, regardless of, you know, what they go into, you know, in a game or in a campaign. So I would never underestimate Gavin Newsom. That being said, could he be in a great position to to rebut this recall? Yes, if if independents, if Democrat, if you know conservative Democrats, middle of the road Democrats, common sense Democrats, and Republicans don't turn out to vote. And that's really the biggest question is going to be turnout. And with ballots going out, not September 14th, but in August, in the middle of August. Um, people need to start thinking about this now and talking to their friends or neighbors or family members, et cetera, because if turnout isn't there, then yes, absolutely. Gavin Newsom could survive this, this recall effort. However, if turnout is there, I think there is, you know, a good chance and a, a very plausible chance that he could be recalled, but you know, that's really in the voters hands. 
You know, that is a really good point. And that's why I have you on, Tim. You are always looking at the election calendar. Yes, you're right. Most people think of Election Day, September 14th. But so many Californians now uh, actually vote uh, absentee. So they're voting in mid-August and late August when when people aren't really expecting them to. Um, turnout is key. Uh, I saw a Tom Elias piece uh, that said that the recall support is actually dragging a bit, uh, a little bit behind where they thought it would be in Orange County, just north of San Diego, and that in Orange County, the recall has to get 250,000 votes or it won't pass. And the reason is Orange County is sort of this conservative bellwether. It's been one of the most conservative counties uh, in the country, other than San Diego, other than Westchester, New York, but it's up there with the top three. If it doesn't do well in Orange County, then then the, um, then the con- conventional wisdom is that it won't pass. Would you agree with how important counties like Orange County and San Diego County are to this equation in turnout? Oh, well, I think San Diego and Orange County are extremely important. You know, you have you know uh, areas of South Orange County. You've got North San Diego County. You've got East County in San Diego. You know, we both know San Diego very well. And the fact is, is that is that people there who are supportive of the recall have to turn out. They have to be engaged. And everybody's going to get a ballot mailed to them. And whether or not they, they turn it in at the polling place or whether they mail it before, everybody will get a, a – a, a ballot uh, mailed out to them, and they have to return it. And in those counties like Orange County and San Diego and throughout the Central Valley and even Los Angeles County, people always forget the number of voters in in Los Angeles County is massive. The number of Republicans and center-right conservatives is massive, even though Democrats far outnumber uh, Republicans and and uh, and and kind of uh, center right independents in Los Angeles County, it's still a huge number. And if you can, yeah, it's a million. People- there are a million a million registered Republicans in LA, which is amazing and it's always amazing. blows my mind. Absolutely. And so, you know, we can't I think those who are supportive of the recall can't leave any stone unturned. And and that's it's really critically important. I mean, this is this was a citizen movement, right? This was a citizen movement that got millions of signatures in order to do this. And so it's going to take a citizen movement to get to the polls and return those ballots. And also, if you've got people who are on the fence, talk to them. You know, the best advocacy is the advocacy that you can do you know, with your friends, your neighbors, you know, people who trust your opinion and talk to them, you know, not in a confrontational way, but why you think that the governor deserves to be recalled, because that can be the most influential campaign ad that anybody can 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 have. Yeah. Uh, so talk to me about this. We, we know in the past couple of elections, it has taken the registrar of voters in some counties, particularly L.A., which you just mentioned, and it's taken the secretary of state's office 90 days in some cases to determine the outcome of some elections. When would we really know if Gavin Newsom gets recalled or not? Is it going to be the next day or are we looking at shenanigans 90 days later? We, we find out where it kind of ends in a fizzle. Um, and it, is, it, is there a concern for election fraud? Well, I think there's a, a couple of things. One is if it takes a while, that means the election's close. And I think that's a good thing. Because, you know, that means that people are really turning out. If you find out right away, that means it's been a blowout and it probably is a blowout on the other side. 
um, because, you know, because the other side, maybe uh, those who are not supporting the recall, you know, turned out and those who are supporting the recall didn't turn out as much. So I think that a little bit of waiting is, is actually a good thing for those people who are, you know, supporting the recall. That means that this that this recall election is close. And certainly there's two questions, right? One is, should the governor be recalled, yes or no? And then the second question, which is, if so, then who should replace them? So there's two really big questions on the ballot. Hopefully, the elections officials are prepared. But as we know from you know previous experience in California, um, anything could happen. Right. <laughs> yeah, anything could happen. Well, it certainly is sort of a bizarre recall, you know, um, Gavin's Newsom's uh, Gavin's polling. I don't think you can fully trust because people are still, you know, getting their sea legs, getting back to work in California. It's it's not as reopened as other states have been for the past year. So I think that's playing into some of the polling. I think he's got a false sense of security going into it. Um, last question here, Tim, in the last you know two, three minutes we have with you. What do you think of this breaking news that Larry Elder is being held off of the ballot? I, I know that the Rescue California operation, the, the recall organization, believes that the more candidates in this race, the better, because, you know, that's more people that are going to the polls to vote yes on recall. And we know historically that courts in California, they they um, they go back to the position they want more people on the ballot. They, they don't want to get sued later on down the line. I think Larry Elder will end up being on the ballot how do you think that's going to turn out? Well, it, you know, it's up to a judge. But I think that the rule, you know, that they're talking about, you know, with candidates having to turn in their tax returns, all candidates in California and elected officials have to file a statement of economic interest anyway. So this whole thing about filing your tax returns so people can see if you have a conflict is just absolutely ludicrous and was done so that uh, was, a, you know, was a Democrat far left ploy to try to get Donald Trump to release his tax returns. So, you know, this rule in California is a ridiculous and idiotic rule anyway. Um, and, you know, hopefully I think a judge will, you know, hopefully see, uh, you know, uh, uh, Mr. Elder's uh, arguments and and allow him on the ballot because, you know what, it's hey, look, it's a recall. The more the merrier. The more the, the, more <laughs> the merrier and, uh, you know, and, and let the best person prevail. Yep, exactly, exactly. And don't forget, you know, Gavin Newsom showed reporters his tax return, but he only let them into a room for, I think it was an hour or something, and he didn't let them make copies. What does that tell you? That's not exactly free and open uh, flow of information. Uh, Tim Rosales, political consultant and uh, a great San Diegan himself. Thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, buddy. Thanks, Jennifer. Take care. All right. When we come back, we'll talk to Kevin Kiley, long shot candidate for recall and for governor. Uh, boy, he, he could just do it with Larry Elder off the ballot. We'll talk to him next. Want more Andrea K? Follow her on Twitter at Andrea K Show. And like her Facebook fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K-A-Y-E. Andrea K, bringing the world a much-needed reality check. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back. Welcome back to The Andrea K Show. I am your guest host for this evening, Jen Kearns, filling in for the one, the only Andrea K. I believe she'll be back tomorrow. And we've been talking about the California recall uh, campaign and uh, whether or not Gavin Newsom uh, gets elected. And I believe we have one of the contenders on the line. Noah, is that correct? Yep. Kevin Kiley is joining us right now. 
All right, great. Well, um, we have all heard about Caitlyn Jenner uh, putting her hat into the ring. We've also uh, just talked in the last segment about the uh, political shenanigans and the hurdles set up uh, against Larry Elder in this campaign. But there is uh, another guy in this uh, in this recall race. And uh, boy, he sure has the support of the grassroots. I've been hearing a lot about him, and I wanted to bring him on the program today because he is a NorCal guy, and uh, I wanted to give him a little bit of SoCal love today. Kevin Kiley, Assembly Member uh, from from up north, um, welcome to the Andrea K Show. I am uh, Jennifer Kearns filling in. Great to have you on the show. Yeah, thanks, Jennifer. I appreciate it. I appreciate the SoCal love. It's uh, you know, I actually was just uh, just there over the last couple of days, and so uh, it's great to, great to be on the show. Well, great. Well, I've been hearing a lot about you, and uh, boy, you you really have the support of the grassroots. Everyone from you know redstate.com to a lot of the grassroots folks I still keep in touch with across the state of California, they are really enthused and excited about your campaign, and I've been very impressed that you're just a, a, a go-for-the-jugular kind of guy. You say what everyone in the room is thinking. Um, what's, your, what's your biggest complaint against Gavin Newsom so far? What, what is the biggest reason you think that he should be recalled? Well, gosh, there are so many reasons, but I think that the, you know, sort of the, the one that sums it all up is that he uh, doesn't serve the people of California. You know, he uses his powers and during COVID-19, he's used, uh, you know, his absolute powers or so he claims he has uh, not to serve the people of California as, uh, you know, he sore knows to do, but rather uh, to advance his own personal political interests to reward the special interests that got him elected in the first place. And, uh, you know, that is I think what this movement is all about. It's about the people of California reclaiming our government. Yeah, it really is true. When you think back to that report that Gavin Newsom was actually contemplating, you know, scrambling, was it F-18s or F-13s against his own people? That should be the campaign ad, in my opinion, (laughs) Um, you know, in anticipation of the response to his lockdown. Look, if your lockdown is so stringent that you're you're worried about a revolt that you're going to have to put down with military force, that ought to tell you something about the policies and the way you're governing. But you're right. There's so many uh, you could choose from. You know, Gavin's been going up and down the state doing this wheel of fortune thing i think the wheel of fortune board could could also have some recall points on it uh 1.1 million people still waiting on their unemployment uh assistance uh, a 7.7 percent unemployment rate uh you could spin the wheel and just land on any number of things that gavin newsom is doing wrong right um what do you think about the economy needs to be uh brought up to to voters attention uh regarding gavin newsom well, I certainly it does because, you know, California uh, had the most severe lockdowns of any state. It was complete, completely unaligned with any sort of, uh, you know, uh, science or, or anything uh, based in data or evidence. Uh, it just sort of needlessly and gratuitously uh, caused countless workers and small businesses to suffer, to lose their livelihoods, some to close down uh, forever. And, you know, even now, uh, Cal Matters was saying that you'd be confused in today's uh, newsletter uh, that you might, you'd think the economy 
was still locked down. Our unemployment is at 7.7%. It's embarrassing. Uh, it's pathetic. Uh, the state continues to cling to a pandemic mentality. We're seeing the reimposition uh, of mask mandates. We're seeing one of the only statewide school mask mandates. And so, uh, you know, and, and the, the, what has borne out is, is the, one of the weakest, if not the weakest, economic recoveries uh, in the entire country. So we absolutely need uh, a new direction. It's clear that Gavin Newsom uh, has learned nothing uh, from his, uh, you know, colossal mistakes of the last 15 months or so. And the only way that we're going to get California moving in the right direction is if we remove him from office. Yeah, it is interesting. You know, I think the Democrats thought that giving him an earlier recall election date would help him. But I certainly think with the L.A. mask mandate back in place and this Delta variant uh, being so uncertain for for so many local governments trying to make decisions about that, I don't think Gavin Newsom is quite out of the woods yet. And I don't quite believe the 59 percent poll that he's getting in the recall. What do you think about the polling? I, I think and even 538 Nate Silver says that the conservatives are usually underrepresented in polls by about 10 to 12 percent. Do you see that when you're out and about talking with the grassroots? Because, again, I think you're the one candidate in this race that really has his ear down to the ground with the grassroots. Yeah, you know, I, um, I I think that's right, that we have, uh, you know, a real shot here. And uh, the, the polling, I think, is, is getting a lot closer uh, as more people tune in. And uh, what we do know is that, you know, the closer people are paying attention to the recall, uh, the more likely they are to support it. That's what we call the enthusiasm gap. The recall uh, supporters are a lot more energized uh, than the recall opponents. And I've been traveling throughout the state. I've had 50-plus events in all parts of the state. I've never seen so much energy uh, in in my time in politics before. There's clear that folks are have had enough and, uh, you know, they sense an opportunity uh, to truly save our state and to set it on a new course. And I think that's uh, what we're going to see happen here in a matter of a couple months. What do you say to folks who say, well, Kevin Kiley getting into the race, now, now you're going to have a split vote between Kevin Kiley, John Cox, Kevin Faulkner, and, and that's going to help Caitlyn Jenner become the next governor. Uh, what, what do you say to critics who, who suggest that? Oh, I don't know about that. I mean, I think that the, uh, you know, the really important thing is that we get over 50% on the first question on the ballot. And I consider every other candidate on the second question to be my, my teammate, my partner in that endeavor, because we all share the interest in removing Gavin Newsom from office. And so uh, a recall is a little different than a regular election. You're not necessarily running against the other candidates on the ballot. It's more like you're all running against Newsom. And I think that whoever presents the greatest contrast with Gavin Newsom, whoever offers the best vision for not only removing him from office, but repudiating everything that he stands for and getting California, reversing California's decline, ending the era of corruption uh, in our state, that's the person who will be more likely to rise to the top on the second question. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, Caitlyn Jenner, although a lot of people had high hopes for her, uh, she did stumble coming out of the gate, had to really get brushed up on those California issues. You're certainly not a person who needs to brush up on those California issues. How does your being in the state capitol, seeing these these far left Democrats in the state just driving the state into the ground, how does that really help your campaign? Because you, you really know the California issues, unlike I think any other candidate in this race. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that that is uh, also an important point, is that we want to keep this focused on California issues. The Gavin Newsom is going to try to make it about anything else, anything other than his own failures. But, you know, California's problems are are sort of uniquely bad, are sort of, you know, uniquely, uh, you know, uh, detracting from people's quality of life. When you look at the inability of our government just to do the basics, to have decent roads for folks to drive on, to allow for a decent, uh, you know, cost of living, to have... Uh, the necessary water infrastructure to protect communities uh, from fires, to you know, properly give law enforcement the tools to keep our communities safe. You know, by all measures, it's just a failing state, and it's political corruption that is causing that failure. So I think that people are looking at the recall as an opportunity uh, to really have a watershed moment where we, you know, do a, we completely realign the uh, priorities of our state government, where you know we have the government do the th- things that it is supposed to do, do them well, and do nothing else. Yeah, that is that is indeed true. And you are in good hands. I happen to know your political consultants. Uh, they they ended the career of Cruz Bustamante, who was a, a major figure in the last recall election back in 2003. Remember, Cruz Bustamante uh, stepped all over it when he said vote, vote no on recall, but yes on Bustamante and really, really tanked Governor Gray Davis, really um Uh, created a a terrible situation for Gray Davis, who got recalled. Well, Kevin Kiley, we wish you the best of luck. Tell folks where they can uh, connect with you online and uh, how can they best help. Yeah, so if you want to just check out my website, it's KylieForCalifornia.com. And, uh, you know, that'll have uh, all the information on how you can get involved as a volunteer and you can support our efforts to, uh, you know, renew the whole meaning of we the people here in California. Great. Thank you so much for joining us. Assemblymember Kevin Kiley, uh, one of the candidates, uh, I think the candidate who knows the California issues the best. Thanks so much for joining us on the Andrea K Show. You bet. Thanks for having me. All right. And as we roll along here, we're going to talk about those lockdowns at the hands of Democrats. And I'm going to blow a few myths uh, to bits here because uh, the Democrats always say it's our body, our choice. And they also say they are a good friend to women. I'm going to talk about how Democrats actually harmed women with their lockdowns over the last 15 months. On the other side of this commercial break, we're back on The Andrea K Show. Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show. And follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K-A-Y-E. News, politics, and current events. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to The Andrea K Show. I am Jen Kearns, sitting in for my buddy, my pal, the great Andrea K. And uh, we have uh, run the gauntlet on the California recall this evening. And I want to turn to one of the key reasons I think Gavin Newsom should be recalled. And that is his stringent lockdowns, uh, keeping his uh, knee on the neck, shall we say, of Californians, of millions of Californians over uh, the last year. And, uh, boy, you know, with this Delta variant, uh, they are just salivating, having meetings about how can we do more lockdowns. And uh, I bet you there's been a conversation in the horseshoe a.k.a. the governor's office up north, about um, how they can hold off on doing any lockdowns until September 14th. But, boy, after that, all bets will be off if he does not get recalled. Well, one of the uh, key uh, detriments to the lockdowns 
has been the effect on women. And isn't it interesting, the liberals always want to suggest that they are the friend of women. Well, I have done some research and pulled up some numbers, and I have found out that the government lockdowns at the hands of Gavin Newsom and Eric Garcetti and other Democrats around the state of California uh, were actually the real war on women. Uh, if you look at the labor statistics, uh, I am a nerd, so I do uh, look at the labor statistics over the last year. There were two shocking things that happened uh, last September in September of 2020, a million women left the workforce. Why did they do that? Well, nobody ever explained why they did that, but I put two and two together. Uh, you know, I, I talk a lot on my own show, All American Radio. Uh, about my focus group of moms I talked to across the country. And September just happened to coincide with the month where kids did not go back to school last fall. Um, and, uh, and so a million women left their posts at their jobs because they looked around and said, hey, somebody's got to stay home with the kids. So we had a million women leave the workforce in September of 2020. And then not talked about very often in the mainstream media, we had another million women leave the workforce in January of 2021. Uh, why is that? That was also because, think about it, as January opened uh, and schools said, oh, by the way, we're not coming back to school after the Christmas holidays, um, what did moms have to do? Moms looked again and they said, well, somebody's got to stay home and take care of the kids. Again, these kids were out of school for a year in places like the Los Angeles Unified School District and, and some parts of San Diego. So two million women left the workforce. And my friends, that was the biggest mass exodus of women from the workforce since the feminist movement began. And. Uh, you look at it, those are women who may not ever get back into the workforce. Those are women who, uh, because they had to choose between their home fronts and their office, um, may never get the promotions that they were up for, uh, may never catch back up into the workplace. Um, it was significant. And when you look at the number of women who own businesses in this country uh, that were also locked down at the hands of the government, uh, at the hands of their Democrat mayors and their Democrat governors, women own more than 11.6 million businesses in the United States. And they represent nearly 40% of all privately run businesses. You also look at restaurants across the state of California that were shut down. Uh, many of those, about a third of those are female owned um, those were businesses that were not allowed to open in any capacity for quite some time. And then they were told, well, you can open at 10% capacity. And uh, I'm sure Andrea has talked about this on the show before. A restaurant open at 10% capacity is not an open restaurant. Uh, talk to any business owner that has to make ends meet and hire cooks and dishwashers and things like that. That is not an open business. Um, at the height of the lockdowns, uh, Yelp.com reported that 800 businesses closed each day from mid-March in 2020 through September. And uh, nearly half of those businesses were owned by women. So women took just as much of a hit as men did. 
And again, more than 2 million women were forced out of the workforce. Again, that was the biggest hit to working women, uh, as the Democrats always say they support. That was the biggest hit to working women in the last 40 years. And that was done, my friends, at the hands of the blue state governors, the blue city mayors. Um, also, uh, these lockdowns also hit minorities. And so if there are you know, Hispanic moms listening to this, as I know there are in San Diego, driving uh, their kids to, to sports practices after school right now, uh, you got hit too. Uh, more than 5.4 million firms in the U.S. are uh, majority owned by, guess what, women of color. That's according to NABO, the National Association of Women Business Owners. And uh, as of 2019, those women-owned, minority-owned firms employed 2.1 million people and generated $361 billion in annual revenue. And all of that, my friends, came to a screeching halt because of Governor Gavin Newsom and Eric Garcetti and other Democrat leaders uh, around, around the state of California. Um, you also had, as of last August, August of 2020, uh, two out of three, that was 66% of minority-owned businesses expressed concerns about having to close permanently. Uh, that is according to the U.S. Chamber of Commerce and MetLife. Two-thirds of businesses feared daily that they were not just going to have to close for the lockdowns, but they were going to have to close permanently. And those are people who put blood, sweat, tears, their whole life savings into keeping those businesses open. Uh, and those uh, were shut down by people like Gavin Newsom and Eric Garcetti and other Democrats around the state of California. Um, it is interesting, all of this, uh, even as the uh, COVID rate was about 0.2% of an infection rate for classroom teachers and, uh, and for others. And, and boy, that is just a small, small percent uh, of infection rate in, in population. Um, so I feel for you, the, the working uh, moms out there, the, the ones in the LA Unified School District, the ones in San Diego School Districts uh, who were impacted by this, you had to give up your jobs, you had to give up your livelihoods for, you know, I'm no doctor, nor do I play one on TV, nor the radio, but for, for something that was a little worse than the flu for most of the population, most of the population, of course. Um, so keep that in mind when you head to the polls September 14th or when you send in your absentee ballot. Uh, there's a quote out there that says, remember the tough times and remember the people who put you in those tough times. Those are the Democrats, and that is your Democrat governor, Gavin Newsom. Vote yes on recall. That's what I say. That's my opinion. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Jen Kearns again, host of All American Radio, filling in for my buddy, Andrea Kay. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you back here next time. <laughs>